This is Jessica White, the Daneson Outlaw. You're listening to the Midwest Monsters. Yeah, man. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh. like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, but that's Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now, here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff. And this is Vinny. Not Vicious Vinny? No, Voluptuous Vinny. Voluptuous. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are going to talk about a very unique franchise this evening. Oh. <laughs> to put it politely. To put it. <laughs> I just don't even know where to start. Uh, so, so let me just tell you. We watched three films titled It's Alive. It's Alive 1, It's Alive 2, and It's Alive 3. What's the subtitle for It's Alive 3? Island of the Alive, is that what that Island. one's called? Island of the Alive, and Part 2 also goes by It Lives Again. Oh, yes. that's right. That's right. Yes. Boy, bitch to find on IMDb. Adding insult to injury. <laughs> it was even harder to check into him on Facebook. Yeah. Because I wanted people to know. See, I didn't, so I didn't experience that. I wanted people to know I was suffering for the craft. <laughs> uh, and right now, somebody's going, screw those guys. Those this are awesome great movies. movies. Yeah. Yeah. They have their moments. It's yeah. not all shit. They have their moments. That's true. That's true. Uh, boys, general overview. General consensus. A general overview. I will never watch these movies. <laughs> not on your life. I, it is not going to happen. I I don't say this often on this show. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of befuddled by it. <laughs> like I I feel like maybe you should ask me that if I watch these again or or give me a couple months to process it. I had never seen these movies before. Now I will say this: time has not treated them well. The years have not been kind. <laughs> because, I mean, for many people, this is in their top ten of the greatest 70s this horror This is movies. something that I had never seen, but I can remember very clearly being a child and seeing these cases on oh, the yeah, shelf at the video store. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the demon hand reaching out of the bassinet. Mm -hmm. These have a massive following, oh, and yeah. it helps with their director. Oh, right. Of course. But of course. Certainly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I've seen worse. Yes. I'll say that. I have seen worse. Um, or as I like to say, I've seen worser. <laughs> if you had to pick one, let me pose it to you this way. If you had to pick one, if you had to rewatch one, which one would it be? The first one. The first one? Yep. 
I would have to say if I have to rewatch any of them, it's going to be three. Same here. I'm definitely rewatching yeah. three. So that being said, let's jump in to this <laughs> delightful trilogy. It's Alive, number one. Professor, can you give us some of the details? Yes, It's Alive was released in 1974, directed by Larry Cohen, who had gone to direct quite a few movies that we're familiar with, as well as all genre fans, ranging from The Stuff uh, to God Told Me To. Just a a string of movies that have kind of submitted himself for a legacy of... uh, Tonally very fun movies, but always have something to say. There's usually symbolism and deeper meanings to movies, which is part of why I'm kind of confused on this, because I think that there's plenty being said here, but that it's kind of lost so because it's kind of, kind of messy. Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, this has got John P. Ryan, uh, who plays Frank Davies, or Davis, uh, his wife, Sharon Farrell, uh, and they, they are our main couple mm-hmm. who have the baby that will become the central focus of the film. We have uh, music by Bernard Herrmann. Uh, I think this may have been his last score. It's a very accomplished man. He did most of Hitchcock's movies. Oh, wow. Uh, the Psycho theme. Uh, that And if you notice, this has great music. Yeah, it does have uh, great music. Rick Baker. Uh, his, that was one of the first things that caught me in the curse. Like, oh shit, Rick yeah. Baker did the makeup on this? Yeah, and I and I think what's interesting about this, and also certainly any aspiring makeup people should watch this if, for nothing else, uh, because you can see early on this is a man you know revered. He's thought of as one of oh, the greatest yeah. ever, and it's very flawed. Oh yeah. Um, Cohen very smartly doesn't let us see much of it. No. And it also shows that there wasn't much of a budget for it. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting kind of sidebar there in, in the special effects and makeup world on what was going on with that and how uh, Cohen kind of took a, a Val Luton approach, but wanted to point out that that is a very early uh, appearance from Rick Baker. I think maybe his first big gig. Definitely not his best work. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not his best work. I'll say it again. The years of not been <laughs> um, wow. Uh, I just want to say, uh, and this is this is a note for this film. You know what? I'll save it. I'll save it. Um, this couple's having a baby. Wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, get the, uh, the the already born kid <laughs> to uh, yeah. to somebody's a friend's house and uh, go to the hospital. And uh, a little Scottish gypsy nurse. Takes, takes them back. She's got a funny accent. It's great. And then there is just chaos in the delivery room. Yeah. And that's what launches us into this film. It's funny to watch because of the period uh, where all these dudes are just smoking in the mm-hmm. waiting room, like in the hospital, smoking ones. It's just funny compared to now oh, yeah. where smoking is completely banned on campuses of, right. of hospitals. You can't even smoke in the parking lot. So then they're smoking right inside the hospital. Yeah. This chaos happens. The baby is born. We don't get to see it until 54 minutes yes. into the film. Yes. This mystery baby who has killed everyone besides the mother in the delivery room. And then goes on a killing spree. We don't get to see it until 54 minutes into the film. I think that's a good thing. 
<laughs> yeah. It is. It ultimately, once you, it is good thing worth mentioning, much though, because I mean, at this point, when people are going to the movies to see this and the way the trailers would have been for this, it would be supremely disappointing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to diminish what you're saying. Like, that's very important. Yeah. I think that it's also incredible what occurs in the waiting room, not the waiting room, the, the delivery room. Mm-hmm. This is not uh, one nurse cut. Right. This, this is, is the whole team shredded. Yeah. These yeah. people are shredded. Oh yeah. And I do think that the fact that we don't see the baby that far into it lets our imagination create uh you know, some pretty gnarly things with it, which for as something as delicate as dealing with, you know, the 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 of of having a baby and carrying it and all the stress that goes with that. And then potentially killing a baby. Um, I think that he he navigated fairly successfully avoiding it being too exploitive. Because the only films he had done up to this point, I think, uh, were like Fred Williams. Fred Williams and exploitation films. Um, and so I think he was very restrained. And that was the most surprising thing about this film was how serious it was and how restrained it was very serious yeah very, yeah very very serious what was it i said the lead actor looked like a a mix between johnny cash and dennis hopper yeah <laughs> <laughs> right i couldn't put my finger on it i just couldn't figure out what he looked like but he funny looking yeah he's a little weird looking and it it shows you very much in the 70s <clears throat> how much it was a man's world yeah like just the decisions, the men were like the men are all relaxing in the waiting room. Like they don't even really have to be part of the delivery. Whereas now, nearly everybody's in the delivery room. Right. You know, when their child's being born, and just even further into the movie, where after when she's kind of the mother's kind of getting a little loopy because of the the experience, but he's still you know bossing her around and telling her to go get coffee for people. You know what I mean? Like it just it was a very different time, and it's funny to watch a movie out of that time period like that. See how different things were. Oh yeah. For sure. We go through the movie and they want their baby. Like it's our baby, you know, and that makes sense. I get it. I get it. You want your kid. Right. Uh, even if it did kill a whole delivery room full of people, that's still the baby. Although old boy's not exactly as thrilled as the mother is. That's right. Yeah. He's, he's kind of ashamed of the birth. Yeah. He wants to kill it early Plus, on with him. The media swarms these people. And then they fire a dude on the worst day of his life. Fire him. <laughs> Straight up fire this guy on the worst day of his life. But yeah, it, and it just, he becomes a celebrity more infamous than famous because right. of the birth of this this creature that is his child. Right. <laughs> you think about like comparable. Uh, it's like the, the dad who said his kid was in a weather balloon flying away. <laughs> Remember that media story? You know, yeah. like infamous. Yeah. You know, like yeah. just some stupid story that you still remember forever. Uh-huh. Right? Uh huh. <laughs> you know, like he's Bat Boy's dad or something like that. <laughs> Which this this creature is very Bat Boy. <laughs> very <laughs> in the Weekly oh, World yeah. News Bat Boy. <laughs> right. Uh, man, you know, you've got that chick in the go go boots that gets killed. It's one of the main kill scenes after the delivery room, which is funny. I don't know why this chicken or go-go boots is just chilling like, <laughs> out in the Hollywood Hills. Um, I don't. I, where do we go? What do you, what do you want to say? Like what? Really, I think I think they did. It, when you watch, it ends up getting annoying. But I think that uh, 
the sound that they chose for the baby is kind of unnerving. Yeah. Uh, so I think that gives it an extra. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's a very uh, weird sound. But then as the movie goes on, you start to see that. Uh, I mean, not only at right after birth can this thing crawl and is really agile. You start to see the mental capacity of it as well when it finds its way to the elementary school of its older sibling where you get a glimpse of the letter people for anybody who's old enough to remember the letter people, the inflatable toys. <laughs> Was that in this movie? Yes. Are you sure? It's the I, first I'm, one? I'm positive. I don't know. I'm positive. All right. <laughs> don't fuck with me on this. <laughs> yeah. The letter people were awesome. I remember. I just didn't remember which movie it was. Yeah, it was on the first one. All right, I'll let you go with that. I'll allow it. But then, uh, I don't want to gloss over it too. If it stop me if I'm moving too fast on it, but we end up uh, finding out that the baby has found its way home. Right. And secretly, the mother has been taking care of it and feeding it without his dad knowing because he wants to kill it. Right. A little blood milk. Nature versus nurture. Yeah. The dad's adapting to nature and everybody wanting to end it right so there's a that's the thing there's just a lot of to me there's a lot of interesting cautionary tales that are going on in this um there's a lot of of bigger ideas like that but they're just never nailed down very well they never explain what caused the baby yeah any of the three films there's a couple of suggestions like in the delivery room in the first movie they're talking about pretty heavily about pollution Uh for a couple of minutes that's right so that kind of informs maybe a theory of what you might be what may have caused it in that particular but they never outright connect the two they leave it more it's like romero's night of the living dead you know Mm -hmm, you never really know what's what's caused these creatures but and it's the same thing with this yeah um the acting from what what's the guy's name who plays the the baby's father in this movie? Uh John P. Ryan. His acting is surprisingly good for this movie. Oh yeah. yeah he's like a 70 staple. He's yeah, he, he's, he's good at one and two. Yes, he's very he had they not had an actor of his caliber, this movie could have went down the toilet really fast. You know who he is? He's a poor man's uh the guy that played Fredo that died young. John Gazelle. Yeah. Well, I can see that. <laughs> and in uh dog day afternoon yeah. yeah he's a poor man the sullen uh victim but strong at the same time yeah weird hair sunken eyes <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah they look alike they do he's a poor man yeah. <laughs> all. that's great that's i knew great. i knew it was me. you i knew it was you fredo and you broke my heart okay yeah uh, Boy, anything you want to say about this first film? Well, also, I think that there were things going on with the with abortion, um, with mm. birth control. Um, the pharmaceutical company wants the baby killed because they fear that it's been caused by their by birth their, control. Yes, and so then and then you get the dad's uh, relationship to the child and the ties the tie in to like symbolically representing the choice to keep a baby or not. Yeah, and so like there's a lot he, of and he yeah because he eventually shoots the baby finds it in the house does he not in the basement? Um, I don't no because he throws the baby at the SWAT team. No, the, but I'm saying but he shoots at it in the basement shoots, when he finds shoots it in the house. Yeah, yep. he definitely does. yes. Yeah. So I mean, because he, the baby killed. Uh, that's how committed he is to. Yeah, he states 
quite clearly early in the film, he's on the side of yes, the public. He yes. thinks it should be killed. And allow me to add that the kid who plays his already born son mm-hmm. is one of the worst child actors I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Just god awful. Yeah. I don't have much else to say about this movie. Um, well, yeah. I, I like that it stays serious. I like that we never go too... Oh, it's uh, not It's not funny at all. Right? No. And this it's is not, And it's not even... They don't even toy with camp. Like this, this is, is a very serious. And movie. I'm guessing, based on your guys's kind of initial opinions on the film, it's not something you're going to revisit. But I do think that if it were to be a film you revisit, it might get better. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering because now that I know what it is, and that they were trying to say some other things, and I'm aware that it's not going to be a fun film, it might be a, a, a one that gets better over time. I don't know. Hmm. Obviously, hmm. I can't say right now right that's why i say the first one i'm not quite ready to just be dismissive of you just trying to keep your street cred (laughs) but i but i also like that it's very like cat people in the sense of it lets your mind create much of it um i think in a lot of other films at that cop car there would have been some disgusting shoot scene you know with the baby like i just thought that for a guy who who has made movies that didn't shy away from anything. I was very impressed with how this danced around it and treated the viewer with a fairly high level of intelligence to enjoy the film without kind of pandering to it. And that's very Larry Cohen. Yeah. It's very Larry Cohen. Like the stuff is bonkers, but it's serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you take those things, cue the winged serpent, Yep. you know, like, I mean, we're dealing with some ridiculous stuff, mm-hmm. but handled very seriously. Yeah, but usually has something to say, like yeah. you're saying. And so I think this is certainly worth the view, just because it breaks free from so many molds that I that normally it would have followed. So it's a noteworthy film. I don't quite understand uh, the massive love and following that it has. Right. I, I don't. I don't understand. I love that. the cover art more than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and no, if, for you know, sure. like if you go type in like top ten movies of the nineteen seventies, this will pop up a lot. That's a crime. I mean, there's a lot. That's the way well, a lot I, of people. The feel. way I had heard about this, I had heard uh, somebody was somebody brought up seeing the commercial when they were a kid in the seventies, and it creeping them out that hand in the bassinet mm-hmm. so bad and being like. I never wanted to watch this movie because yeah. I was terrified by the TV spots. For now, and so that piqued my interest, which is why I wanted to watch it because I'd obviously never seen them. I think what's important to, to mention here is that for a lot of people, when they saw this, a lot of the things that we've seen done a ton of other times hadn't been. So like the monster view would have been really cool. In the right. early 70s. Yeah, somebody Whereas, get these babies some LASIK, please, yeah. with their blurry-ass vision. Now, Cohen claims that that's the first time that happened. That's not true. No, I'm sure uh, There's not. plenty of, of older horror films. Oh, yeah. I can think of one right off the top of my head, The Cyclops, with Lon Chaney Jr., where we see right out of the eye of the monster. Um, but, yeah, I, this, this ties back to a lot of uh, atomic age horror and kind of begging the question, did we create this is this our fault right from our behavior and like you mentioned pollution microwaves do this yeah and so i think that there there's you know definitely a lot of interesting things about it and i like that it had the courage to not only avoid showing everything um but also to remain very serious um and i like the cliffhanger ending i thought that was fun yeah maybe we should get into like the police chase down they locate this baby and like the sewers 
<laughs> the dad finally comes face to face with mm-hmm. his child. Which there are some great scenes in the sewer. That was kind of creepy yeah. down there. Oh yeah. And once face to face, his fatherly instincts take over. Oh yeah. And he suddenly feels for the child and and realizes what an asshole he's been by trying to kill it and his in his even though this thing is so feral, they seem to have some sort of intelligence to him because they seem to understand. So he's actually picks his child up and is trying to save his child from the police that he was just a part of, of trying to kill this thing. And now he wants to save it. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the end where he's surrounded by police with this baby in his arm. And this is the part that throws me is they're ready to blast this baby in his arms and no, no, you're not going to kill my baby. So Naturally, he throws the baby into the air at somebody, and they all just blast it in a hail of gunfire, killing their own po- fellow police officers. Kind of a weird ending. <laughs> yeah. This I, is, no, this is common in police training. <laughs> the, the only thing I could think of is that his hope was that it would escape, just because it's wild. Yeah. that it. I mean, it killed a room full of people delivering it. Yeah. Who's to say it might not? Yeah, I don't know. That's it, because yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just a weird, just weird ending. Dog. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the ending. That's ending. what I was referring to. Why they're sitting in the car, and then they hear, "There's been another one born," and then that's like, Seattle. definitely set. Yeah, Seattle. There's been another one born in Seattle, and definitely set you up for a sequel. I've said all I need to say about this. Same here. Story. Okay, only yeah. watch it if you have true interest in sure. checking it off your totally. list. Sure. Totally. I can't in good conscience uh, <laughs> refer this movie to anyone that is not a hardcore genre fan. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to It's Alive 2, Professor. Uh, it's Alive 2, released 1978, four years after the original. Also goes by the title It Lives Again. Uh, Larry Cohen uh, produced it, wrote it, directed it, just like the first one and just like he'll do on the third one. Uh, we have John P. Ryan back as Frank Davis. Uh, our new couple is Frederick Forrest and Kathleen Lloyd playing the Scots, Eugene and Jody. Uh, I read, I recognize Frederick Forrest uh, from Falling Down. He's the guy that he goes and gets all the guns from. Okay. Um, but yeah. All Rick, right. Rick Baker is actually back on Is he on this one? I didn't even too. notice yes. if he was or not on that. So all of a sudden, old Frank, the dad from the first film, shows up at the house of this new couple. At their baby shower. Their baby shower. And they don't know who this weird cat is. Yeah, just some random dude walks into your baby shower alone. And is chilling. Yeah. <laughs> just not hanging out. Not a scene. Just hanging out. Not, but not being cool either. <laughs> I haven't decided if it was makeup or if this dude had just aged like shit over the last four years. He looks noticeably older. Man's been through a lot. In this hey, movie. <laughs> did you see the baby he had? <laughs> right. It totally works for the character, but I don't know if it's just the actor had aged that much or if they actually did some work for the character. So eventually the party's winding down and this dude is still just hanging out. And the husband and the wife are like, do you know this guy? No. Do you know this guy? No. Well, hey, this is a private party, bud. <laughs> you know, they, they yeah. go to check in and. He says, I think you're going to have one of them uh, monster babies like I did. You ever heard of me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pretty, pretty good it's Alive right? 3. 
So now they have set up kill teams to go around the country and hunt these babies down. And Frank has taken it upon himself to try to be ahead of these teams. He's a vigilante. To save these people's babies. By taking them to like a, 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 an isolated uh, estate where they can be kept safely. Well, and before that, what they do is they they drive into like a tunnel or a parking garage where they can't be seen from the air, and they transport the people from their car into this box truck yes. that has a delivery room inside of it. Yes, this is well thought out. Yes, for a ridiculous movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it makes. As much sense as the first one? Sure. It's well thought out. Yes, it is. You know? So they put them in this box truck. They do the switch in the tunnel. And they say... they, they have, So the couple does have a, a messed up baby. Okay? Just like Frank's baby. And then they take it to this isolated place where they've collected a few of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not... if I Adam, yes. Eve, and Scott. Fits the rhyme scheme. All right, we're going with a biblical theme here. Adam, Eve, they're not calling the next one Cain or Abel. They're calling it Scott. Scott. So uh, they say this may be the first couple to reproduce on this planet. Which at first is a clue. You're like, oh, are they aliens? Uh-huh. And then later it like shoots that down, but it's not that. At one point they suggest that they are the next stage of human evolution. Yes. And I rolled my eyes. I was like, that is the lamest gimmick for this. Like, get but the fuck out of here with still, that. Still, they don't get to the point. They never, they never do. say. So we hear pollution, we hear radiation, then we hear aliens first born on this planet, then we hear evolution. Nothing. Nothing. And then we go... 53 minutes, not 54, 53 minutes in this movie until we get a full reveal. And I, I love the woman's husband in this movie, the father of the new baby, biggest dickhead ever. Like, <laughs> this guy is just an asshole. His wife has given birth to this monster. They're hiding out and he's trying to get some. <laughs> like, they're in the safe house and he's trying to hit. He's like, I know you just gave birth to a freaking wicked monster baby, but let me get some good. <laughs> Let's try this again. Man, Professor, you got to save us. What's what's your thoughts? Um, it's regurgitation. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my main thought. The only thing that I think you could take from this is that he's trying to make a statement about the government trying to keep us dumb. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Okay. Because if you go wipe this out before it becomes a bigger problem, right. whatever caused it, we don't know about any of that. That's the only that's the only statement you're going to make. And the thing is, is I don't always need symbolism, something mm-hmm. deeper in a film. But when you made the first one that way, and you're layering it again this way, we're of course going to analyze it for that. Right? Uh, I thought it was cold as ice that the lady who gave birth to the baby's mom is the one who rats her out. To the government officials, yeah. as cold as ice. Right. Cold-blooded. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I was surprised at how restrained this film was. Like the first one, I thought that this would kind of be going into it thinking, okay, the first one was a, probably a shoestring budget. It did well enough. They're going to, they're just going to go nuts in Step this. Step it up, yeah. And it, they don't. It wasn't. And that, and, and I, that's my thing is it's, if you're going to make this either have something 
big to say or give the fans a wilder ride. Otherwise, there's no point in going there. And here is the catch of all three of these movies is that you get into the action pretty quick in the beginning. And then you get 15 minutes of bonkers and then an hour of drag. And here's, I'm just going to throw this out here. These first two movies should have been one movie. This should have been the third act condensed. Ah, Okay. I think that what happened with his child should have been the second act. And then he goes out. Yeah, I and make make it overall a little bit longer of a yeah, movie. I can agree with just that. Just so much dawdling. Yeah, dawdling. to me that would be a film. Yeah, that would be awesome. When right? they had the room full of the babies, <laughs> and they're yeah. all sounding off, it sounded like the sheep barn at the 4-H fair. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. So, bad. <laughs> so then. They could, uh, their cover-up job is to make it look like they put a bug tent over the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and you're right. The movie is pretty decent. And then, uh, like, one was surprisingly good, I thought, for what I was getting into. Two started off good. Right. And then halfway Plateaued. through became a chore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it just, it was aimless running like there was no point to 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 where they were were where yeah. we were going with this story. Like totally, just a filler is what it felt like. And yeah. of course, Frank leaves with one of the babies and tries to escape. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it gets spooked. What? And kills him. Weird. Yeah. So we lose Frank halfway through this first movie. All right. The second Frank. movie. Yeah. <laughs> I've got. Nothing else to say. They they shoot the shit out of the baby at the end. <laughs> yeah, well, but the thing that's kind of neat is this guy who's been the dickhead father through the entire thing, who's trying to get guts right after his wife gave birth to a monster. <laughs> by the end of the movie, by the end of the movie, you see him walking up to married couples who are about to have a baby. He is now doing exactly yeah, what Frank had done, trying to warn these people about their child and how he can help them. It comes mm-hmm. full circle by the end of it. Unfortunately. It just takes so long to get to that oh, point gosh. that you don't give a shit. And these anymore. movies are only an hour and a half. Yeah. They, they feel like they are so three hours bad. long. I would have rather, like I said, had one or two condensed and even make it an hour fifty. I think it would have been compelling enough with yeah. setting out on a journey, yeah. letting it grow and you know, and kind of scale. Two felt like the, the Fellowship of the Ring, like the extended <laughs> edition. Oh, like, I was say, good God, Ridley Scott's Gladiator. <laughs> feels shorter than this movie. <laughs> it's true though it does just drag <laughs> two drags out so long that by the time the end comes you don't give a shit anymore yeah i just yeah so moving on to three <laughs> yes uh it's alive three island of the alive island of the alive island of the alive and this one was made in 87 Yes, 1987 Which, two so years go, after the stuff we go from 1978 on two to 87 for a third one. Who the fuck is sitting back and going, you know what, guys? I think we've, we've waited long enough. <laughs> was this year the sequel? I think we need a third It's Alive Where movie. enough studios were like, hey, uh, hey, Larry, what do you think about a part three? They're lining up to see everything right now. <laughs> um, yes, 1987, uh, starring Michael Moriarty, yes. who we know from a number of Cohen films, most notably... 
the stuff. Mo, they always call me Mo. He plays Stephen Jarvis in this. His uh, wife, mother of uh, the child that he deals with, is played by Karen Black, a uh, yes. character named Ellen Jarvis. Uh, we have Lorene Landon playing Sally, who was in uh, a few movies uh, for the genre of Maniac Cop 2, I think was probably her biggest role. Um, and Garrett Graham shows up in this as well. So, Island of the Alive. What do you guys think? Well, and within the three first three minutes of this movie, we already have more action than the other two combined. Oh, man. Can I just say why? It's the year that Predator came out. <laughs> it's one of them! That's how this movie starts. <laughs> A taxi cab birth, and it just goes ape shit right then and there. <laughs> I really did like the uh, the opening in the courtroom. I thought that was very compelling. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. They wheel the baby in in the cage, and the dad's, I'm scared shitless of it, you know? Like yeah. that he's not. Yeah. Moriarty yeah. shows off a little bit of chops in there. That's a nice little scene. Dude, Moriarty is so awesome. I love Moriarty. So by the end of this this court trial, because there have been more of these things, it's becoming more frequent that these creatures are being born. Uh, the judge decides that it's not moral to destroy it, that it is a human being in some way or another. But their answer is, is they got an island that they're <laughs> dropping them off on. Like it's a nature preserve for these babies. And they just throw them off on this deserted island and just leave them there to live. What about how Moriarty picks up that boardwalk hooker? <laughs> Dude, she's clowning. <laughs> what? It's like Eileen Wernos. Yes, she's very clearly <laughs> an unarmed Eileen Warner. Yeah, and and better looking, but still just barely, just though. barely. That's subjective, buddy. Back off. <laughs> just kidding. She's but like yeah. in a mechanic's jumpsuit, like picking up dudes on the boardwalk. <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, you had one of those babies." You should really tell people before you sleep with them. <laughs> Freak. It's like, it like the AIDS epidemic yep. with like deformed babies. And he's with this this boardwalk hooker having sex under the covers. <laughs> it's like Chappelle show. And she's so, she's want to breathe. Yeah, she's still got her nightgown on. Like he's necking with a hooker. <laughs> oh man! Then you got the baby hunters in this one. Yeah. Uh, yes. Around, uh, the babies. But yeah, I love that they're sending them to this island. You know, as though we're just going to let them. Well, we can't kill them, but let's throw these infants off into a deserted desert aisle. And it's like, just it's let like them, them go. little baby pigs down in the Bahamas or wherever it is. They're taking over now. They dropped off a bunch of baby pigs. I think it's down in Jamaica. Really? Yeah. People go to visit it, and I think they're starting to bite them now. That's what they get. So. Yeah, but then they, they they decide to visit the island, and it magically jumps to five years later. Yes. Time flies. Well, and this is, when the, is this the hunters? Like, they're on this expedition, they chopper themselves well, in? So, this, so the baby okay. hunters and are before yeah. the, the five years later where yes. the, the father goes, where yes. Michael Moriarty goes. So these hunters show up, game hunters, to go kill these babies <laughs> via helicopter, <laughs> And they the are the most ridiculous good, part they, of this money movie. And baby shooting trip, they so are the shittiest group to be on an expedition with. Like, and again, the year Predator comes out. Yeah, like they they look like that's a what I was thinking crew. the whole time yeah. when this is going on the island. I was like, <laughs> the same year's Predator. <laughs> like it's it's like it's like a poor man's Jesse Ventura, Schwarzenegger, and Carl. Wentz. Well, and can, can, I popped 
for stop motion animation. Oh yeah, <laughs> like the <laughs> you see the full body baby crawling, and this is unlike the other ones that make you wait fifty some minutes. You're seeing these shits fit ten minutes into the movie, yeah, and they're crawling, and it's like Ray Harryhausen style stop oh, motion yeah. baby animation. Back. Yeah. <laughs> Can can we just reference when the baby kills the helicopter pilot and the helicopter blows up and I don't know why? <laughs> yeah, the heli- uh, yeah, we said that. That's really. what we said. Like, what what made the helicopter? Does he have like C four in his throat. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's right. So then, so then we fast forward to five years later, and for whatever reason, this scientific group wants to go and see the progress that has been made by these babies after five years of living on this island. And Moriarty goes with him because his kid's there. Yes. And, he bought that baby. And why, cash. <laughs> cash. And there's a video and I watching cash. it together because it takes them 30 minutes to sail there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, said, somehow it's real time. He said, this just became the worst Jaws ripoff I've ever seen. <laughs> they should have played Christopher Cross's sailing. <laughs> or sticks sailing away. Uh... Yeah, talk about the island real quick. I gotta get another beer. Or don't. It's a... <laughs> it's a mutation. They talk about if it's a mutation or an evolution. Again, they revisit that the next day. Either way, it's just terrible. I mean, I would rather you leave it just completely unexplained than tell me it's evolution of, of human nature. The These things that are born and murder everything in their path as soon as they escape the womb. <laughs> like, just absolutely This awful. is what we're evolving to. Yeah. That's what we have to look yeah. forward to. So basically, we find that in five years, these things have grown to adult size <laughs> already. And uh, eventually, we're led to believe that they're, they're telepathic, which is surprisingly cerebral for such feral creatures. Uh and we also find out that within five years, they are sexually mature. Yeah. They're banging it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm annoyed at how little I'm seeing of these adult creatures by this point in the movie. Still, yeah, we still just uh, and the effects that you are seeing are just awful. <laughs> just terrible, terrible effects. About 40 minutes into this movie, it just grinds to a halt. Like every bit of momentum that you started with is gone by 40 minutes into this movie. So long story short, we end up back on the boat. The creatures want to leave the island. The son of our lead actor is keeping him alive, protecting him because they are devouring the corpses of the rest of the crew that they've killed. These creatures take over the boat. Yes, but they need a navigator. That's right. <laughs> they're, 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 they're evolved, superhuman, talking through telepathy. Telepaths, yeah. But yet they, they can't figure out no boat. Nope, and they're eating dead bodies. And, and He knows that his time is running short because the, everybody else is eaten, and they're probably going to be eating him soon. So eventually, his son <laughs> tosses him overboard in the middle of the ocean. His son, creature baby. His son, creature baby, shows him the compassion of chucking him overboard so that the others won't eat him. And he ends up washing ashore in Cuba 
<laughs> where he is being questioned as, as whether or not he is a U.S. spy. Like, this movie is all over the place. Just all over the place. Pushed so, all the chips into uh, the middle of the table with this He baby. eventually convinces the Cubans of what the risk is of this boat of creatures. They send him... <laughs> Kenny, I'm having a hard time even getting through this. They sent him with two operative military guys, Cubans, into the U.S. Was it Florida? Is that where they were They were docking? They yeah. were to go try to combat whatever the hell they were going to do with these fucking creatures. And he earns mad respect from the Cubans. He earns mad respect from the Cubans. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like an American version of an Italian horror film. <laughs> Just so bad. Wow. I just, I can't even. What was it? Uh, measles? Like H.G. Uh, Wells? It kills them off at the end? Is that what that was? They they ended up being, they end up being hunted to rooftops at this yeah, point. And, and we, by the way, we haven't even touched on uh, Karen Black's character at all in this movie, which. Total babe. <laughs> I saw somebody's <laughs> comment online that said her makeup was scarier than the baby's. <laughs> Man, yeah. Uh, Rest in peace. There, there's the guy trying to date raper in, in the oh, movie, man. like oh, outsider shitty apartment complex. <laughs> he gets eaten by a creature. And he gets right? eaten by one of the creatures. Like they make you hate this guy so bad that you know he is the guy getting killed. Uh, so they end up on the roof, <laughs> and they find out one of the creatures is pregnant. It's his son, his child, his monster babies. <laughs> <laughs> His monster baby son is having a baby with another monster He's baby. Have that mo- monster creature grandbaby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is like the SWAT team hits and kills all of them as they're trying. It's just, it's a fucking mess. And we see, like, we're seeing now. Oh wait, these creatures that be eating people with reckless abandon are holding each other as they die. They can love one another. Like, it, fuck off. Like, yeah, it's a little late to be profound. A, this was cultural commentary about. Cubans. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they were doing. And, and of course, like every good 80s movie, they had to have shitty punk rockers. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotta kill some Cri- punk shitty rockers. Shitty criminal punk rockers, of course. Right. Uh, uh, I just... I don't know. I don't know. My note down here says, worst ending ever. <laughs> <laughs> so evidently, there's an It's Alive remake. Uh, 2008. I don't even have the info on it. I didn't know it existed until We did not know it existed before we went into this, so I'm so sorry to everybody who was dying to hear our commentary. Let's look at it this way. Um, For the people who love the original, we're ripping apart the remake. So you gotta think, if the original didn't set your ass on fire, sounds like that would have been torture. We might like it better. (laughs) Hopefully, it's, hopefully the creatures look better. Well, uh, a lot of people are expect, or at least hoping, for it to take the weaknesses of the original and make a scarier film. Uh-huh. And I guess everything was lost. Wow! In that one, just wow. not scary. No, 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 nothing to say. None of the none of the strengths of the of the original, for what you can find, were captured again. Wow! So, don't care. Not gonna watch it. Yeah, this is a rough three movies. I will never watch these again. I can safely tell eh. you that. Never ever. I'm never I might again. watch the first one again if I'm real, if I'm obsessively trying to watch seventies horror movies. That'd be about the only setting. I 
I might, on a rare chance, watch the third one again. If it's like somewhere pops up, I'm not buying it. Hell no. They're it. all Hell on one no. disc. You ain't got to. I got mine a while back, dirt cheap. It was oh, a three-pack. Vinny got it from the library. I got mine from the public library. Is it the three-pack? Yes. Yeah, I think I got yes. for like $5 or something. Yeah. Well, you got ripped off. Mm. <laughs> it's just one man's opinion. <laughs> well, folks, this is going to wrap up this episode because... Uh, yeah, we made it almost 45 we minutes. We almost made it to 45 minutes. And this is funny because this is a short episode for us about a series that we didn't hate. Yeah. <clears throat> hate it. Right. And love it. I'll never watch it again. Yeah, but I didn't okay. hate it. Yeah, like the Leprechaun movies, which I always go back to. Boy, I hated them movies. I, but Ghoulies. I wish that you would just. That's why I got so mouth. drunk. <laughs> Ghoulies. Ghoulies. Oh. Uh, I still love Ghoulies 3. I just watched it the yeah. other night because it was on a new multi pack I got. Uh, <laughs> Take that ass to college. <laughs> the Collector in the Collection. I got to watch those oh. again. Oh, man. That was, our, that, was our, that was our shortest, most hate filled episode ever. Man. Doogie. Well, you call it the drizzling shits? The drizzling shits. That's one of Vinny's catchphrases. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll probably watch... I'd watch It's Alive 3 over any of the Saw movies outside of Saw 1. Ooh, that's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to agree with you. Now. I'm not upset. The Saw movies aren't for everybody, but... <laughs> that's a bold statement. <laughs> yeah. I respect it, though. Oh, goodness. Goodness gracious. Well, hey, this has been... We Before we alienate any more of our listeners... <laughs> This has been Midwest Monsters Podcast talking about the absolutely crazy trilogy of It's Alive. Uh, in good conscience, I can't recommend this to anyone who's not a hardcore genre guy. Yeah. Uh, but if you are, just give it a shot and, and either tell us that we're full of it or we're spot on. I'd recommend it to people also if they're really big Val Luton fans. It's interesting to watch. Uh, okay. director yeah. a number of years later really mimic his style right but otherwise this isn't something i'd recommend right. blindly to people i like cohen i like his other stuff and i like val luton yeah. just... understandable though yeah. i think it missed a lot of marks where it could have been a lot better mm-hmm. right agreed all right well hey one last note i want to say uh i would really like if you folks could get on itunes and not just rate us, but write us a review. I have just found out that rating is not enough, that you got to write some sort of review. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that kind of boosts your exposure, so to speak. So if you want more folks to hear about us, I, I know that many of you tell people about us, and we really appreciate that. Our, our listening, uh, our listenership has gone well. But just to give us that extra boost, write a review. Just give us as many stars as you think we're worth, and write a review. And I'll tell you what, you write a review... We'll mention it on an upcoming episode. Yes. We'll ooh, say, ooh, hey, you getting some play. You say, yeah, this this listener said this about the show, and we will give you your due time and respect. So there's a little incentive to hop on there and give it a shot. And I do realize that one of our listeners has written us a review. I wrote the other one. I'm a little ashamed of that. <laughs> <laughs> I checked I it see, a couple days I ago. I was see, like, man, shit. I wanted to see if it was working. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, 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 our friend Victor wrote us a review on there, yes. and we really appreciate that. So we'll, we'll give Victor a shout-out on a future episode. We'll read his review. 
Uh, it was very kind. And uh, even if your review is not that kind, we'll read it and we'll take the honest criticism and cry ourselves to sleep if necessary. <laughs> but uh, hey, thanks for sticking with us through the It's Alive trilogy. Sounding off for this episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast, I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Adner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff. Vinny. Oh, a voluptuous. Voluptuous Vinny. Vinny the so. Vixen. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, stay scared. <laughs>